गणपतिगुंभवामहे कविंकवीनामुपमश्रवस्तम ज्येष्ठराज ब्रह्मण ब्रह्मणस्पत आन शृण्वन्नोतिदसाधन ओं श्रीमहागणपत नम सो टुडे इज द फिफ्थ इन आर सीरीज ऑफ हिंदुइजम थ्रू द एजेस and previously we were looking at the jainism how jina was founded way before mahavira that was mahavira was around 547 bc and jainism had its roots around 23 prophets behind him and the first one was the sage rishabha whose mention is there whose name has been mentioned in the vedas the vedic hymns as well as in vishnu purana and the bhagavata purana where something like that kind of a of an account has been spoken spoken of now yesterday we were looking at the philosophy or not the philosophy but what is the way out meaning what is the way towards moksha and according to jina they have three very important things which are samyak darshana samyak gyana and samyak charitra so we discussed that they have five vratas in the samyak charitra they have five conducts or practices in the conducts and for a householder which is a preparation preparatory step towards a monk's life it is called anuvrata where he has ahimsa he or she will she will should follow ahimsa satya asteya brahmacharya and aparigraha out of which these three are necessary brahmacharya and aparigraha may not be uh, very much needed for a householder but whereas for a monk for a sanyasi of a jaina order he has to he or she has to follow all of these things in a very strict manner and today we'll be talking about In that in detail so let's start with uh, certain uh, important stuff that is the whole religion of jaina the jaina religion it is based on ahimsa it is not that it was the first religion which spoke of ahimsa in fact buddhism also speaks of ahimsa and even in chandogya upanishad it teaches it talks of ahimsa ahimsa here means non violence doing no harm to any being is ahimsa in buddhism ahimsa is one of the important virtues but whereas in jainism ahimsa is the thing you know it is mainly based on ahimsa non violence well i i mentioned about chandogya upanishad the upanishad also talks about ahimsa and but there is one um, exception over there they say that if it is a vedic ritual then you know sacrifice of an animal can be done that's what the upanishads say but these uh, the other schools such as buddhism as well as jainism these religions they don't even uh, want any sort of sacrifice to be done especially in jainism now a very important thing about jainism is that there is a total analysis there is a complete analysis of this ahimsa of this non violence so they 
analyze himsa himsa means injury to other beings into four categories after the analysis was done they understood that it ca- it could be either due to an accidental behavior or it could be due to occupational reasons it could be due to self defensive behaviors or it also could be due to intention meaning a person could commit himsa violence to other beings accidentally that is let's say that you know you are walking and you don't see a person is sitting on the floor and you're walking and you're a little bit in hurry you may kick the person and that may cause a little bit of harm or you're walking in the garden so many ants die suppose you step on the ants and something like that happens so that kind of a thing is accidental occupational would be um, let's say you are a butcher and you are uh, cutting meat so you have to kill the animal over there so that is something called occupational and even like suppose uh, you know if we go back to ancient vedic times the rituals would be conducted sacrifices would be given now the priest who does that cover those kinds of sacrifices for him it would be an occupational thing and then the third was self defensive suppose suddenly uh, you see a snake and you get so scared of the snake and you kill it now that was totally out of self defense you didn't want to be harmed but still it's a harm to the animal which uh, threatened you and finally there could be intentional as well murders suicide these are inter- intentional harms you know somebody going and killing someone is an intentional harm so these are the four things there could be accidental it could be occupational it could be self defensive or it could be intentional now the jaina the jaina religion stresses so much on these kinds of observances that the jainas when they are even walking or sitting in places they use peacock feathers to clean the area so that you know for them even by accident they should not harm these small beings or any other beings second thing is they do cover a cloth around their mouth so that you know no in uh, insects or organisms go inside while they are speaking or drinking water and they make sure that they don't eat anything post sunset because they believe that if by mistake if light is not there and you know insects could get inside the food and they may harm the insects so they make sure that they f- they eat food they finish all their dinners and all those things before sunset because a monk over here he has to completely abstain from all these kinds of uh, harms he has to completely abstain from these harms now there's one very interesting thing so this was about accidental so they make sure that you know they don't commit any accident so there's one interesting thing about the occupational when we compare buddhism to jainism because buddhism also talks about non violence but buddhism doesn't say anything about purchasing meats meat yes it does say that you should not do harm but if you purchase meat from a butcher it doesn't say anything about that but in jainism even that is not acceptable because over there you are making somebody kill some other being you are making someone do the harm 
you are you, you are being instrumental in doing harm to some other being so even that is like uh, not accepted in jainism and in case of self defense in case of self defense if you suppose uh, let's say you know olden times a lion comes and or a, or a tiger attacks you pounces on you in the jungle what do you do normally we would fight and we would uh, try to kill the lion or tiger and get out of that place but a jaina monk is not even like is he's not supposed to do that he is supposed to abstain from causing harm to the lion even if the lion is going to kill him so you know he can't even save his own life and finally for um in the case of intentional harm well we all should abstain ourselves from intentional harm so we are, so you know they don't even like go and eat meat so they are purely vegetarians they're strict vegetarians they don't do any sort of harm not even neither in terms of thought word nor in terms of deed like even if it's a thought they make sure that it's un, it's not harmful thought suppose if they say something even in their arguments they say maybe they're very gentle they have a very gentle way of arguing also that when it comes to the philosophical doctrines they do have arguments but it's very gentle so uh, when i was learning a little bit of philosophy they were saying syat the sanskrit word syat maybe is used at the end of their arguments it would could be like that it may be like that so even in the in terms of word vachika they don't do any sort of harm and even kaika like the in terms of body in terms of deeds in terms of actions they don't do any harm so they abstain themselves in a very strict way from these four kinds of uh, injuries himsa and further uh, we we discussed about this thing it was satya they tell the truth they make sure they are very truthful they don't steal astheya there is total celibacy brahmacharya and they do not even accept um, gifts that is aparigraha now let us look at what happened to jainism so this is i'm talking you know around let's say 500 bc after 200 years after mahavira's death the king the there the, the, the was a person called bhadra bahu he led the migration of the monks towards shravana belagola which is in mysore and on that path a lot of monks did settle down in gujarat and karnataka the whole that area and it is also said that chandragupta maurya who is the grandfather of ashoka now ashoka took to buddhism well as chandragupta maurya he took to jainism there was somewhere around 298 bc and this is very interesting because it shows that you know over that in that period of time if a king had to show his this is my assumption i'm not saying that this is true but it feels like if a king had to show his power he would go and spread a new religion because new religion is always new and chandragupta maurya does it and after that his grandson ashoka does it with buddhism 
of course jainism didn't spread go out of the country because it was very similar to hinduism in terms of uh, uh, its uh, culture such as marriages the birth ceremony naming ceremony death ceremonies etc but it's very interesting to look at that okay fine later jainism only started becoming prominent after 5th century ad till then it was very silent it was very silent only a few monks were there who used to uh, be practicing this religion but it was very silent only in mid of 5th century ad jainism starts becoming stronger and for the next 13 centuries it goes on expanding a little bit and that's the that's the reason still in india we do find a lot of jain jain people there are monks jain monks and many people have converted like they are there is there are families of jains and they do follow a lot of rules like this and this happened because their their scriptures were getting written now and those scriptures are called kalpa sutras in fact they are in the sutra format uh, in sanskrit when um, when we look at the uh, because sanskrit by itself it was not called sanskrit at all it was called chandasa chandasa means a meter and chandasa was the language of vedic time and it was totally spoken it was an oral language and they have a very foolproof system of uh, communication because uh, there are so many grammatical rules which of course paninian grammar Uh, helps in a, a, few, a huge view of understanding of there is a huge array of understanding if we study paninian grammar so the sanskrit language started formulating maybe in maybe 4000 years ago and slowly there were the age of mantras where mantras were written down into the script later mantras and then comes sutra because sutra is a very powerful statement it's a very it's not really cryptic cryptic like how people say oh, sutras are very cryptic it can be understood if the prop if the context is set properly as one of the reasons they say if you want to study sutra study it under a person who knows what he is teaching but apart from that so the sutra way of writing is very direct they don't they, you know the writing does not waste too much time on setting the context because it believes the scholars believed that okay context will still be there and they would maybe give a um, few hints here and there and one has to weave the context behind the sutras so this the sutras the sutra format in which the scripture was written went on it it established jainism for the next 13 centuries that's a very great thing that's a very interesting thing yeah so this is how jainism expanded thank you om purnamadah purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva vashishyate om shanti 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 hari om tat sat सर्व ब्रह्मापणमस्तू